Welcome back to the Barca Breakdown. My name is Adam. I'm depressed. <laughs> What's up, guys? Smash that subscribe button if you are depressed too. Use. I just want to clear the air here right uh-huh. now. Okay, let's get let's give ourselves about sixty seconds to say this. We got effing job by the refs. Just an incredibly bad uh, performance by the referees today, and it's so funny because we got screwed uh, against Bayern right on a penalty Dembele should have gotten. It was mm-hmm. that same ref in the VAR booth yep. who screwed us today. Xavi yesterday was had that that little quote about how co- how referees should do press conferences to explain themselves because you know they should be held liable. They don't do it. We get screwed today. They call Fati on a handball on that goal that Pedri should have scored, even though the FIFA rules say that if the handball is incidental and the person doesn't actually score from it, but their teammate does, goal should be allowed. Then we get screwed, right? Because they don't call a handball in the box in like the 88th minute that should have given us a penalty to get us that at least one goal to draw in a huge Champions League match. You s- just <laughs> fire off some quick referee hate before we get into the actual game. Look, these it seems like the mafia is paying the Italians, you know, to get everything organized here and just fighting against Barcelona. I see so many things on Twitter just talking hate about against Barcelona and it ends up I, you know, this is obviously BS, but there's just so many things against us. I don't, is this another La Who's in uh, Re- La, La Liga? You <laughs> no, know? really, really, I think it is about the Super League. And I honestly, I don't want to put on my tinfoil hat here, but if there <laughs> is anything going on with these two huge calls, mm-hmm. and the fact that the ref on that handball that we should have gotten in the box didn't even go to VAR to check it, yeah, uh, I think it has to do with the Super League and the fact that the Champions League uh, is clearly not happy with it. But let's get into the game use because yeah. it was an awful performance, man. I felt like I was watching Komen 2.0 <laughs> out there. It was a lot of crossing and praying. Yeah. There were uh, uh, quite a few decisions from Javi that are just baffling. Yeah. And so I want to give it over to you to start. Where do you want to start? Okay, I want to start with one thing is choosing the lineup, right? We only played Alonso against Bayern Munich in our first Champions League game, uh, or against them, I should say. I think Pilsen was the first one, excuse me. Um, and he hasn't had any playtime in La Liga whatsoever. And again, we play him in a huge game where, you know, these three points are s- extremely important because Inter is the team that if we do not beat, we're getting knocked out and we're going to the Europa League. So why are we playing Alonso again with no time under his belt in this team? And then on top of that, you know, we don't have that many options on the right side. So you see Ser- uh, Sergio Roberto. Oh, Sergio Roberto. <laughs> and I, I just uh-huh. want to go on your point about Alonso, right? Yeah. Is that you can literally see the ring rust right like you can see his uh not he's not very uh aware of of where the strikers are where to Mm. put crosses in right there were a few moments especially in that first half you see him do a lot of like really high crosses to the back post that just not where Lewandowski is going to be or anyone on our team who's going to cause a threat and so I I totally agree with you that Alonso was was pretty baffling and I think you know by now we should know that Rafinha is not going to work on the left side, mm. right? And at least when we had this, you know, we did a video, uh, I think I a month ago, basically, yeah. about Rafinha and Dembele, mm-hmm. who's better on the right, who's better on the left. Like, one of the good things that we had going for us, that at times, we would swap them, mm-hmm. and we would see them switch sides, and we all know that, you know, I think the general line of thinking is Dembele is better as a right winger, and he's also better as a left winger, whereas Rafinha is purely good as a right winger. But again, in a big tie, in a game where we had, you know, some, some pretty uh, good understanding that Inter was going to sit back and try and hit on the counter we had Rafinha on that left side and he just does not provide much right and I don't even blame the guy we just saw him with Brazil go off I think he scored two goals in the first half in his last game with Brazil but and you know there was a moment in that first half yeah. where I'm looking there and I'm seeing this this just interesting lineup decision that Alonso is staying very far to the left 
touch line, mm-hmm. very wide, very forward. And then you have Rafinha kind of in the half space acting like, you know, what I would have expected from Alonso as like an inverted left back. And I was just pretty baffled. Like it just, it made no sense to me. We didn't try <laughs> to swap Rafinha on the other side. And then, yeah. you know, we put Rafinha on the right side at the beginning of the second half. And he creates an opportunity where Dembele gets the ball. He gets a shot in. It gets like my uh, like uh, a little bit saved by the goalie and hits the side post. And, and that's Rafinha on the right. And then, boom, immediately we sub him out for uh, Anzu Fati. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I'm so frustrated. This was a huge game. I know. And, you know, to your point about this whole Rafinha, Dembele, and where to play them, uh, we've seen them intermix between the left and right sides all the time. So why didn't that happen earlier, right? We had for the first 45 minutes, we had opportunities to do that. And on top of that, let's say you even switch him over to the right wing, Dembele on the left, and that's still not working. Then you can make those substitutes and take Rafinha out, put Fati in, switch Dembele right back to the right. And then we have a strong left and right side. And, you know, Javi again, again, in a big game, ends up just taking the decision he started with at the beginning of the game and just rides it out even though he knows it's not working nothing's coming together and we end up letting them score at the end of the first half second half rolls around and what happens we don't make any changes no subs yep. nothing and so at this point we don't sub out any we don't sub out Gavi or Busquets yeah. until like the 80th minute mm-hmm. to put in Kessier right it was clear mm-hmm. throughout the whole game that our midfield was just not performing well and I know what people will say right Pedri was probably our man of the match besides maybe Eric Garcia in this game uh, but Pedri a lot of his moments were that where we were impressed were from really far back right and you think about our friend Jaleel the purist he He's talked a lot about how even though Pedri can perform excellently in many uh, you know facets and, and aspects of the game, it, seeing him try and build from deep, you know, as like a second pivot or as you know the sole pivot, sometimes driving the ball from from deep in the, the in our own half, it's just not where we need him to be, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Gavi in this game, I, it just was not working out well. There wasn't really like a lot of opponents for him to be chasing down and just show some of his like uh, defensive prowess and so you just had a midfield that was very dead and it was just so predictable that's why i made the allusion to Komen ball earlier <laughs> it just felt like it felt like we just kept giving the ball to dembele on the right we had Sergio Roberto, who's not making any overlapping runs, who's hardly going forward, who's always passing it sideways. So there's no companion there for Dembele. And then you had Gavi, who in the past has done a j- good job of occupying that front, uh, you know, half space and mm-hmm. giving an outlet for Dembele. He wasn't there this game at all either. And so you had Dembele, and, and of course Dembele didn't have a good game, right? As the world's biggest Dembus fan, I'm not uh, above calling him out for not having a good mm-hmm. game. But what do you expect when basically the other team knows every time you're going to give it to Dembele? You're you're going to you know hope he creates some magic and hopefully a goal comes from that right and it's just like against a, a top uh, european team and i understand inter aren't doing that well but they're you know better than for instance marker who we just played against uh, and even though they're on bad form i think you know they they take it up a level in the champions league and you just come against these teams that have good coaches and and, and good solid defenders and they're just not going to allow dembele to run through them all the time right yeah. every time he got the ball he was coming against but one l- two three defenders that's what i was going to say let's backtrack a little bit and say like even if dembele did <laughs> sorry I, no, I, no, I, no. i'm riled up a little <laughs> it's bit okay uh, but you know dembele having not so great game i don't think it's entirely his fault right like you just talked about mm-hmm. no overlapping runs from Sergio roberto you're not talking you're not talking about uh, gabi occupying that front half uh, third space and w- giving dembele that outlet uh we're not making any counters we're letting their defense set up and dembele has to take on those men like you said two or three at a time and trying to just work there around them and then do that Komen ball cross to nobody inside the box nobody making runs lewandowski in this game was not to be found um maybe not totally his own fault because they 
their defense was so set up and he didn't have so much support and the uh, opening of that final third. But at the end of the day here, it's like, okay, what were we doing to break their defense? What were we doing to adjust the game after they score that goal in the first half? The second half rolls around. They don't really have to score. They have those three points. They secured it. They just play a stronger defensive game if they want. And what did we do to you know muddle their defense? Nothing. We ended up doing Nothing. the same and, thing. Uh, uh-huh. And a lot of our subs, right, are just like for like, right? We put in PK for Christensen mm-hmm. because Christensen hurt his ankle. He's now out for three weeks. <laughs> three of our top center backs are out. Uh, we put on Balde for Marcus Alonso. Uh, and then, you know, we don't make another sub, Kessier for Gavi until the 83rd minute. And yeah. it's just like, you know, when you make a like for like sub, in a lot of ways, you're not really uh, changing anything. Although, uh, correction, right? We did put on Fati for Rafinha in like the 65th minute. But we just, yeah, we, we just, it, it, it feels like, we come back here game after game against a low block and we just say like, wow, our team had no plan on how to break it down. Mm-hmm. And you used made a very good point last video where you talked about how, you know, us beating Mallorca was based off of one magical moment from Lewandowski. And we've talked about this a little bit uh, throughout this season because I, I know some of our listeners aren't always happy that we're not uh, super enthused and super high and and you know uh, uh uh giving a lot of credit to Xavi and the team so far this season it's because there have been some some cracks in the mirror right even though we have like uh we're top of La Liga 18 goals scored I think one allowed there have been some cracks here and we've seen over and over this season against a, a low block that we really just don't know how to break it down and the, the main drawback you and I have mentioned is that we're relying too much on individual player brilliance to win these games just like yeah. with Lewandowski's goal against Mallorca yeah and it scares us because we're going to get into situations of uh, or down this the exact line. one yeah and it's going to be down the line and it could be in la liga it could be in champions league if we push past this point if we're able to beat them in a week or if we're able to or they'll drop points to maybe pills in which i probably doubt because they're terrible in this champions league group but what do we like if every team watches us play and knows that in La Liga and Champions League we're going to not be able to break this block, they can just counter us at one opportunity because you know Barca is susceptible, susceptible. Excuse, <laughs> to, to counters. They get that one counter and then they do their block. And then they set up the defense, they park the bus, and we can't do anything. So what's you know we got to figure this out before it gets too far down the road. And then you know I don't want to do this, and nobody wants to do this. Javi is so far this season has been pretty great um, with the La Liga record, but. If he's not making these adjustments, we're falling back into the other coaches' mistakes, right? Uh, Komen was like that. We just ended up being stagnant. Same strategy over and over. Predictability. And we end up getting frustrated as fans because we're watching it. And I've said this in the past. It's uh, I, I think, okay, what is Javi going to do versus what he should do? And a lot of times I say what he is going to do. And if I'm predicting what he's going to do, other coaches, other teams have to be doing the same and being able to line up against that and break us down. So there's just, yeah, it's just stupid. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what to say because at the end of the day, we're going to run into this roadblock over and over and over if these teams figure us out. And they have, right? It's slowly happening. Um, La Liga, if we cannot secure uh, clean sheets almost every game because we have only allowed one goal, something's going to happen to us. We're going to start dropping points. We play Real Madrid on the 16th, and they are right behind us, or right on top of us. I think only thing 
that's keeping us apart is our goal differential. So we are scoring goals, but we're not scoring goals in Champions League. So then that's another thing to even consider is like, why aren't we scoring goals in Champions League? What is Yeah, happening? and the tough part is, you know, like we leave the Bayern Munich game. If you watch that magical video when you and I went to an alternate <laughs> timeline, uh, we left that game pretty happy, even though the scoreline was 2-0, I believe, yeah. because, you know, we created chances. We had our shots. Pedri missed uh, one. Lewandowski missed, like, one and a half chances, right? Mm-hmm. And that could have easily changed the game. We didn't get the Dembele call. But we were happy in that game in a lot of ways because Bayern Munich are not afraid of us. And so they were willing to play a game where they're trying to get win back the ball in the midfield, win it, win it from their back line, right, win it when we're trying to hit them on a counter. And so it was a very open game. And when you get those open games, you get the best of Usman Dembele, right? Running at opponents. You get the best of Lewandowski interplaying with the wingers of the midfield and then, you know, making runs to try and get free for the ball. And so it's a it's a little bit of a conundrum, right? So we can't meet the top teams who are willing to play us in an open game. And then we're struggle against the teams who are at our level or below who are playing a low block. And so unfortunately, we're getting a bit of the, uh, the worst of both worlds here. Yeah, I... <sighs> It's not a good future. And uh, one other <laughs> thing, by way. the way, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh, if if you're if you're Balde and you've been playing well, mm. everyone's very happy this with you. Fit, yeah. And then twice in the biggest games of the season, you don't get the chance to start because Marcus Alonso starts ahead of you, and then you see the performances he put in. And he was better against Bayern than he was today against Inter Milan, where he was pretty dreadful offensively. I mean, you have to be thinking, well, what's going on here, right? I mean, it's the same thing you and I are thinking. It's just like, how do we keep putting in Alonso in these big Champions League games when he does not have the the minutes to back it up if if alonzo was getting you know 50 percent, 75 percent of the minutes mm-hmm. throughout the season i would be like okay this makes total sense for him to get these big games but he's really not and so i just yeah just how we're gonna plug in you know kind of a wild card player who does not have the highest upside i think for our for the way we play in our team it just it, it leaves you kind of scratching your head yeah you're questioning uh, javi's choices at this point right it's why is he making these decisions um in the toughest times or the most detrimental times because we have seen Balde play so many minutes. He's gained that confidence. Uh, we've seen him come a long way. So why is he not getting those opportunities to show what he can do in these games? In these, I mean, he's the he has the most assists in La Liga, I think. Damn. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really. Damn. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's only three at this point in the season, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, he does, and he's created some goals, right? We remember that early goal he created for uh, Lewandowski, I think, against L'Oreal. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of scratching my head, and I'm feeling pretty upset about how the team has been lining up under Xavi. I mean... You know, maybe I'm maybe I need to listen to my previous advice, which is just that we need to take it game by game and, and you know, just, uh, just have some patience with the young month. team. <laughs> right. We're not going to just be world beaters all of a sudden. But this yeah. is like the most consequential game of our no. pre-World Cup okay, season. Okay, right? okay. Like this game, like we now uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say uh, your point there, like taking a, uh, you know, a step back and just taking game by game and trusting the process in a sense is very fair. But at the same time, where the problem is we're seeing these um, issues f- float Recurring up. Recurring issues, yes. yeah. And so it's like these st- systemic issues in the team that if it keeps on going the way it's going, we're not going to have to, we're not going to be able to go game by game because it's just going to be the same story every time and then we're going to be depressed every time. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of like every year in the Champions League we are depressed, but this is going to fl- overflow into La Liga and that's going to be really bad. Um but yeah, I, I, I totally get your point and we should 
look forward and look towards uh, positive outlooks on this team because there are some. But I think you're, one of the highlights of what you said in this, this video is that um, we're relying too much on pl individual player brilliance or skill. Uh, we really need the team to come together and have a strategy and kind of um, a formula of our team, right? It seems like a lot of times we we have one strategy for that coming into the game and we execute it, execute it until it, it kills itself and then they counter us and but score. But that's what's hard, right? Like mm -hmm. the... Like the I, I see what you're saying, but the strategy in this game, I don't know how anyone could come away with it, especially in the second half where it got even more pronounced with like, this is a cross and pray game, sure. right? Like that's literally all we were trying to do. <laughs> I didn't see any midfielders, Pedro Agavi making a run into the box. Yeah. I didn't really see any wingers making a run right off the ball. I didn't see any of our, our, our right or left back making a run. And so it's just, it's just, yeah, like uh, there's, it's kind of like we're devoid of a plan. And that's just not good enough, especially sure. against teams that are coming out with a predictable defensive lineup. Yeah. I mean, the future holds, you know, this month is going to be tough. So we're really, this inter was the beginning of the test of this month and we've already failed that. Failed. <laughs> so, I, yeah. yeah. And it's so, it's just, it's the cruel, cruel game. Mm -hmm. um, do you, I think the only other things I would talk about in this game, I mean, it kind of goes in the same vein as the uh, Alonzo and Balde thing mm -hmm. is like, do we really think Jordi Alba would have put in a worse shift than Marcus Alonso today? I don't really think so. So it has me wondering if something happened on the uh, the private side of everything where, hmm. you know, did Javi and, and Alba have a falling out that's causing some sort of issues there? Because you got to think Jordi Alba would have put in a better performance than what we saw today. Um, and then, you know, something we've been saying, but Pedri and Gavi is a midfield in these big games. Sometimes, you know, it leaves a lot to be desired oftentimes. And I just think that we need to become, and this is, you know, a point we've been harping on for a few weeks now. We need to move Kessier from this, like, 10-minute-a-game uh, kind of throwaway mm -hmm. footballer to someone who gets more and more time. I mean, I know, I think it was against Mallorca, he didn't have the best performance, but... You know, we need someone to rotate in there, right? Like when our midfield's clearly being frozen out and Kessier, you know, he showed a lot of fans and, uh, p you know, pundits and the Barca board what he could do it at uh, AC Milan last season. And so I just, I really think we need to give him some more time and some more serious moments to try and build uh, his comfortability with our team throughout the season. And then, you know, I wish Frankie de Jong was there because I think his pl his player profile could have done a lot of good today. Sure, but he was injured, of course. Um, but yeah. for Kessier, for example... I don't know why he's getting he's not getting enough opportunities. Once once we figure well, out Well, he's not been great, use. Yeah, but that must be said too. If you right? don't get that much time, it's hard to be so consistent. And you know, Javi doesn't seem to have such a solid plan set up for the team, right? Every player seems uh to not a hundred percent have a fulfilled role that they need to employ every game. And so Kessier comes into these games and he seems like he doesn't really have a direction. He doesn't oh like what is his I mean main he's in the box a lot. That's yeah. the, the profile I get from him. But it just seems like he doesn't um He's not like 100% confident with that role yet because a lot of times it seems like it uh, it overlaps with Lewandowski's position and clutters that mid space and so I don't think that is the best situation. We have seen him take a couple shots, I think, right outside the box at the top. Um, but that's also not his profile either, right? He's a, he's a very large man. He should be able to, uh, as, as opposed to Pedri and Gavi, he should be able to get into that midfield, bully some of the guys, create some space, and 
um, push the ball forward, but we don't really see that as often, and we don't give him enough chances to do that and get that time. If, Like you said, if we're only giving him 10 minutes or we're giving him the first half of Miorca or whatever the case may be, um, he just needs to, you know, get more time. Balde had the same thing. He had to get more time. He wasn't very good. He's come a long way. Kessier's in a new system, you know, from uh, AC Milan, and now he's with Barca. So, yeah, I mean, this, there's there's so much that needs to be fixed uh, just coming off this Champions League game, and I really hope we figure it out because we have a week, Adam, a week to figure yeah, it I out. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> the thing, right? Looking forward, mm-hmm. we have to beat Inter Milan by at least uh, two goals, I think. <laughs> then we have to assume that we're going to lose to Bayern again at home. Yeah. They're going to lose to Bayern again, and then both, and then we'll beat Pleasant, right? So, like, mm-hmm. we have to. I mean, it, it's not in our favor. Now we're coming back to the Camp Nou, where Barca have always done good, uh, done well, right? We remember the last few, you know, five seasons of Suarez never scoring away from the Camp Nou in the Champions League, and how much that haunted us. And just in general, our away play hasn't been that good in the Champions League. And so I'm hoping back at the Camp Nou, you know, we do. Have have Inter Milan and Bayern Munich at home right mm-hmm. like uh if the team's gonna really fight and, and prove something this is it and this is you know um as good of a situation as you could want to be at home for these for these big games and and that's a little bit my last point on this game that kind of disturbs me is that it really doesn't seem like the team was fired up to play a final right like a big game today mm-hmm. I it just seemed very lackadaisical overall and I just I wasn't you know besides Dembele and Pedri I really didn't see a lot of players out there like trying to give their heart for the game and I just hope that this is a little bit of a wake-up call or that Xavi finds another way to to rally the troops so that we're ready for the for the next like three weeks yeah well <laughs> We'll wrap that up there. We have Celta Vigo coming this weekend on Sunday. Uh, they always give us a hard time, but it is at home, so it's kind of nice to have Celta, Le- Celta Vigo at home and then uh, the Inter Milan game I- at home as well. So looking forward to that, Adam. We will catch you guys this Sunday after that Celta Vigo game. Wish us the best of luck because we got to win this one for La Liga, stay ahead of Real Madrid. Have a good week, folks. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks.